It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with, Producer Steve, Producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday, Producer Steve. Take care of my mind. I'm, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I, if we look at these headlines enough, I, I, I feel your pain. I get it. You know what we forgot to do yesterday in terms of notating you know, Monday? You know, we forgot to say it was the last day of July, which makes today... The first day of August. Here we go. Wow. It seems like it was just the first of July, just yesterday. <laughs> it seems like it was just the first of January. I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. I tell you, <clears throat> there's much to do, and uh, yes, the days go by quickly. We, we really appreciate the opportunity to do what we do to help you get your brain around these issues, so that you can engage in with your friends and your family, your colleagues about this battle of ideas that we are clearly, clearly in, and. Um, uh, ideas really do matter, and people are paying attention. More and more people are paying attention. There's still some that that uh, don't realize quite what's going on, but I think so many people are awakening, and uh, uh, it's an exciting time. We are in perilous times right now because uh, there are those outside our country and inside our country that are trying to destroy our country, and... Um, so we are in very perilous times, Steve. Well, can I share a little you know, experience that popped out yesterday while you were on the air in terms of this whole notion about trying to get people awake to what's really happening? Producer Rachel was here. She was running the board the second hour. And while you guys were talking about property taxes and where we're headed with HH that's coming. Well, it's going to be on the ballot. We need yeah. to defend it or uh, defeat it. That's great. Me. She turned around to me and said, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to get my own place. I want to, you know, get a, a, a townhome or something. I'm not giving away any big secrets here. She said, but I did all the math, and I just can't afford it, so I'm going to continue to rent, which is, you know, that's horrible for somebody who really wants to become a homeowner. But I said, you know, okay, there's a wonderful example of how um, – What's the phrase you use? Uh, why things are the way they are in terms of uh, policy? You know what, right. how policy is working against this. Uh, right. Man, that needs to be vocalized. Right, right, and uh, people, yeah, and that's a perfect opportunity, and to say, well, the reason this is occurring is because of. PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interest, interest parties, and their policies, their rules, their regulations, taxes. It's all because of that. And uh, all those things are antithetical to, to freedom and liberty. Liberty is the responsible exercise of freedom. And, and uh, so this, this big awakening that we're going through right now, is, uh, it's exciting to be a part of that. And again, we are hoping that with our excellent guests, our excellent conversations, that it helps you 
get your thinking cap on and help those around you to start thinking about things too. Check out the website. That is KimMunson.com. You can uh, sign up for the weekly email newsletter. You will get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And it's not compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or this agenda by the World Economic Forum Davos globalist elites. And uh, so let's see. We're going to have a very busy day today. We have on the docket, I think, Steve, uh, two different uh, interviews for America's Veterans Stories. Okay. Um, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, and and, uh, it's actually two World War II veterans, and uh, so excited about that. And so we will be rolling one of those out this weekend on Sunday afternoon, 3 to 4 p.m. You do not want to miss that. Uh, let's see. Oh, our our word of the day is, this one just popped into my brain. I'm not quite sure why, but it's scion, and it is spelled S-C-I-O-N, and it is a noun, a descendant or heir, especially of a wealthy or prominent family. That's the first definition. Number two, a, didat- a detached shoot or bud from a plant that is joined to a rootstock in grafting. Number three, a shoot or twig, especially one cut for the purpose of being grafted upon some other tree or for planting. I thought this was appropriate. Cyan Hunter Biden allegedly enriched the Biden family by using and leveraging O'Biden's political influence. Well done. Thank you. I was just looking at the headlines. Um, Because unfortunately, that's true. It is. (laughs) Unfortunately, it is very true. And... um, and ultimately, the truth will will prevail. As a quote yesterday from George Washington, the truth will prevail. It's biblical. The truth will set you free. We must just continue every day to search for truth and clarity on these issues. Our quote of the day, as uh, I have shared with you, it is from the Medal of Honor quote book from the Center for American Values. Uh, it is a great little book to have in your Freedom Library. And you can get more information about everything they do at AmericanValueCenter.org. But also they have uh, are developing and have a, an educational program uh, or programs on key subjects, uh, but uh, focusing on honor, integrity, and patriotism. And uh, we need a revival of all of those things in our country, Steve. And the Center for American Values is working on that. And again, they're located in Pueblo. More information, you can find that at AmericanValueCenter.org. This is from James R. Hendricks, United States Army, Medal of Honor, born 1925, died in 2002. Uh, And on the night of 26 December 1944, near Asenoy, Belgium, he was one of the leading element engaged in the final thrust to break through to the besieged garrison at Bastogne when halted by a fierce combination of artillery and small arms fire. He dismounted from his half-track and advanced against two 
eight uh, millimeter guns and by the ferocity of his rifle fire, compel the gun crews to take cover and then to surrender. Later in the attack, he again left his vehicle voluntarily to aid two wounded soldiers, helpless and exposed to intense machine gun fire. Effectively silencing two hostile machine guns, he held off the enemy by his own fire until the wounded men were evacuated. Private Hendricks again distinguished himself when he hastened to the aid of still another soldier who was trapped in a burning half-track. Braving enemy sniper fire and exploding mines and ammunition in the vehicle, he extricated the wounded man and extinguished his flaming clothing, thereby saving the life of his fellow soldier. Private Hendricks, by his superb courage and heroism, exemplified the highest traditions of the military service. I just have to stop and just ponder that just just for a moment. Look at that date. <clears throat> what what is that? Day after Christmas. Well, but the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm looking at the narrative there and thinking that he obviously and luckily had a very good supply of ammunition for the way he was conducting his own personal warfare. Yes, and he said this: "Do unto others as you would have them do for you." Love your family, friends, and God. Taking a little from Luke six thirty one. Yeah, uh, I think um, pretty pretty amazing. And uh, my friends, I, I always end the show, the American Veterans Story Show, with we stand on the shoulders of giants. And uh, last night I went over to a reception uh, that was um, being hosted by the United States Marine Corps Scholarship fund and they're having a golf tournament and uh, dinner tonight but last night they uh, awarded scholarships to a number of of uh, children grandchildren of marines and uh, jim roos uh, my friend who invited me uh, wants those out there to know that they if their uh, their father was a or father or mother um, was a marine or i think also grandparent i think uh you're eligible for a scholarship from the USMC uh, Scholarship Foundation. And uh, so uh, we're going to get Jim on, I think, here soon to talk about that. But uh, that scholarship is available for all of these kids. And it started, he said, I think it was back in, well, actually the speaker said it was back in 1961 that there was um, a a dinner and there. I think there was a general there, but there was... um, a Medal of Honor recipient who was not able to afford to send his child to college. And so they just passed the hat and and uh, collected money so that this uh, student could go to college. And hence, that's how the USMC Scholarship uh, Foundation was founded. And uh, they have... Um, given away a lot of money since 1961 in scholarships and it's not only for college it can also be for trade school as well and so if you want more information uh you should have that website here i don't have it right here in front of me but it's usmc uh, scholarship foundation there, there's a sign of a private entity in action now if that were a government thing that would be for college only because you know their attitude is nuts to the trade schools but here there's there's an equity, I say, going back and forth and saying, if you want to go to trade school, here you go. Yes, and uh, and it is all private money. There is no government money involved in that whatsoever, which is, I, I think, also very, very impressive. 
And uh, the show comes to you because of sponsors. One of those is Hooters Restaurants, and they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And for uh, military and veterans and uh, first responders, there is always uh, a discount as well. Uh, for all of you at Hooters restaurants. Um, but they have great specials both for lunch and for happy hour. So you can check that out. How I got to know them. It's a very, very important story about PBIs and freedom and capitalism and uh, going after our hopes and dreams. And that's on my website. Uh, another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And as a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, and Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan insurance team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. It is August 1st. That means that school is right around the corner, which also means that uh, those that are seniors in high school will be needing to get their senior portraits uh, to the yearbook well, probably soon. And a great place to get that senior portrait is Jansen Photography, located in Lakewood, Colorado. They specialize in senior portraits as well as family portraits and portraits of children. And my friends, all of these are such such treasures as as we go through life. And Jansen Photography does an amazing job with that. They also did some new photos for me that I'm using in our marketing brochure. 
And uh, for your political career or business career, you need that photo that makes you look great as well. And uh, you can get more information by going to jansenphotography.com. That's J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. And uh, just look at the beautiful pictures. They just do an amazing job on that. Producer Steve, something that just jumped out at you yesterday, so much so you texted me and said, we've got to talk about this, (laughs) is a letter uh, from the Oakland NAACP uh, president, Cynthia Adams, and uh, Bishop Bob Jackson, senior pastor at the Axeville Gospel Church, regarding just what's going on in Oakland. So set this up for us. We don't normally like to use the word progressive uh, on this show, but my interest in this yesterday was progressive. When I first heard Oakland, NAAC president, you know, my interest level came to a certain level. And then when I heard what the topic she was, you know, this letter was uh, written on, then my interest really soared. Now, right here on the town hall uh, uh, headline, Oakland NAACP president speaks out on crime crisis. Progressives won't like what she blames for it. So, you know, does that set the stage? Well, it says murders, shootings, violent armed robberies, home invasions, car break-ins, sideshows, and highway shootouts have become a pervasive fixture of life in Oakland, the letter states, placing the blame squarely, as you mentioned, on failed progressive leadership and efforts by social justice movements. I guess the social justice in this is that everybody's being affected by all of these very terrible things, Steve. Well, I mean, I heard this on uh, Clay and Buck, uh, uh, you know, the guys who took over for Rush Limbaugh, and they they set it up so well, as they always do. I mean, here's Oakland, the quintessential blue city in America these days. High crime, uh, homelessness, and all the other things that seem to go with it. And they specifically then laid it at the feet of George Soros, who is out there backing all these, you know, he's in, installing all these district attorneys in these blue cities they are not prosecuting the way they should be. They are coming up with all kinds of, I don't want to use the word creative, that's not true, uh, but these farcical ways of handling crime or basically not handling it, looking the other way. These people, and you know, this lady in particular, understands that public safety, irregardless of the way people vote, public safety is in peril. And just to go out on the street, you, you might not come back in. And what are we going to – I mean, it's it's happening across the country, and maybe we need to be grateful for that. People are waking up that saying, whoever thought this was a good idea, you're wrong. You're you're very wrong. Well, yes, and, and the letter went on to say, and failed leadership, including the movement to defund the police, our district attorney's unwillingness to charge and prosecute people who murder and commit life-threatening serious crimes – And the proliferation of anti-police rhetoric have created a heyday for Oakland criminals, the letter continues, going on to point out how many people are leaving the city in droves. And um, it it says to bring change to the city, not only are more police needed, but opportunities for youth and blue-collar jobs must come as well, they argue. So let's unpack that just a little bit as well. Uh, So there's been the rhetoric that has... um, you know, anti-police rhetoric. And and so, first of all, it's a very dangerous job to be a police officer in uh, these blue cities. And then you have the anti-police rhetoric from people on the street. And uh, But the, the problem is, is recruiting for uh, police officers. And it is unbelievable that in Chicago, well, in Illinois, that uh, 
Governor Pritzker just signed a piece of legislation that will now allow illegal aliens to become police officers. These are, are people that don't really know America, don't understand American values, and they will be armed and able to arrest American citizens. Uh, that uh, I'm hoping that that's not something that gets exported to you know, other states as well, Steve. But uh, it says, to bring change to the city, not only are more police needed, but opportunities for jobs. And another, uh, another progressive movement is that forced minimum wage. And the forced minimum wage is basically a youth unemployment act, basically, because uh, it makes it so expensive to hire kids. And so you see more and more businesses are automating. And uh, so instead of kids having jobs and learning how to work with people and, and uh, just the responsibility of a job, there, there isn't those jobs for them as well. And if idle, idle hands can get in a lot of trouble, Steve. You know, I'm looking at this next paragraph, and I think it was written by you. Did you contribute to this letter? <laughs> Not that I know of. She says, there is nothing compassionate or progressive about allowing criminal behavior to fester and rob Oakland residents of their basic right to public safety. It is not racist or unkind to want to be safe from crime. No one should live in fear in our city. Wow. Finally. You know, and I'm thinking, let's go back 10 years. Let's say uh, uh, Soros dispatched his minions to a conference of U.S. mayors. And they got up to the podium and said, you know, we're going to do this because we think it's the right thing to do. How many people in the room think this is a good idea? I can't think that anybody who really understands what it means you're going to cut your police force. You're not going to prosecute crime. You think that's a good idea? So a couple of things. First of all, the rhetoric that has surrounded this issue is that, you know, this makes it difficult for uh, uh, certain races. Uh, to, and so in essence, they were saying that, that they were trying to um, – to equalize, if you will, um, uh, gosh, the treatment of, uh, of certain criminals, I guess, in a way. But what they forget, instead, they see these criminals from a race standpoint instead of criminals for what they do. Now, that I, we do have to agree. One of the things that uh, they had mentioned through this, this whole thing was that there was uh, two tiers of justice in America. And we see that big time, but it's not – well, you know, I, I think that, the, that there probably has been two tiers um, regarding – because I, I mean, I, I saw it. There were kids – say, if two kids committed the same crime and one had the um, financial resources to lawyer up, they might be able to get, you know, a, a different outcome. And that's not fair. And so what that means is, is that uh, we need to address that. That is not fair. But now we have seen that the, the lawyering up and the two tiers of justice, and we now see the government using government agencies to go after political opponents. And that is total banana republic stuff, Steve. It is. I, I just heard somebody, you know, again, I mean, it was tongue in cheek. 
obviously it was wrong, but he was saying this is life in America. He's saying, oh, I just know that the IRS is sending out letters now to this per- particular person to get him in line. In other words, letters uh, threatening, uh, what's, the, what's the thing they do? The IRS? Audit. Audits, yes. So, uh, Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Hunter Biden, the <laughs> son of the president, uh, is um, – I think he pleaded guilty, didn't he, to those federal – Tax tax crimes, or I, I'm not quite sure. I, there's so much going on with this, and of course they're trying to cloud the issue as well. Um, but it, it, I mean, really, you're going to send audit letters out to everyday hardworking people that's just trying to keep it together. But yet, meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, the Bidens don't want to be paying uh, uh, taxes, and that's you know that I want to mention one other thing, and that is is these big foundations, the Biden Foundation, the Clinton Foundation, the Obama. Uh, foundation, all of these nonprofits, they do not pay taxes. This is a way that these big elites uh, get around uh, paying taxes by setting up these nonprofits and then paying themselves and their family members out of these nonprofits. And the nonprofits obviously are not are not paying taxes. Nonprofit doesn't mean that um, they don't make money. It just means that they're not paying taxes. And I think that's important for people to understand. And in fact, I was talking to some folks yesterday about the um, the kind of the Democrat pipeline of candidates. And what we see is there are uh, people that are recruited and taught, groomed to become, to run for office and to win. And many of them on the Democrat side have nonprofits, which that is a way then to funnel money to them so that they can make a living while they're 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 um, running for office and uh, and winning. Uh, meanwhile, conservatives, those that want to conserve the idea of America that all men are created equal with rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, are trying to have a job, take care of their families, do their civic duty. Uh, volunteer hours and hours uh, regarding these elections. And you can see how it's a bit of a, a challenge, Steve. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's maddening after a while. You, know, you just used those words again, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, we have life. Uh, our liberty is being slowly drained away. Well, we have life unless you are in uh, a blue state uh, regarding abortion, and then those little ones don't have life. That's true. <laughs> Liberty is being drained away slowly but surely, and the happiness part of it is basically whatever happiness you can eke out under this burden of taxation. So, hey. Yeah. Very good point. I did want to just mention one other thing. LeBron James uh, apparently had funded a school, and it was called, uh, I think it was called I Promise. And uh, this is a headline. uh, I got this from MSN. It says, uh, LeBron's I Promise school is an utter disaster with some students not passing a test in years. That's pretty darn embarrassing. And uh, my gosh, when we talk about slavery, I, I mean, to, to, to not be able to read or write, that was something that happened, you know, back with slavery. And here we have it in 2023 America. I could not believe that they were not all over this to make sure that these kids could su- succeed. And uh, so it says that it is an utter failure right now. And I, I would say that that is probably, probably true. The and, words utter failure are 
And that's not LeBron James speaking, is it? That's just somebody looking at the yeah, situation. Look, and looking at the situation. I wonder what Mr. James has to say. I mean, surely that's he's funneling money to it, right? Does right. He, what, are his, what are his expectations? Well, it says Los Angeles, this is um, Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James sent himself on a philanthropic mission years ago by claiming that he wanted to change the lives of both at-risk students and their parents in Akron, Ohio, his hometown, the same part of the country, that he left heartbroken twice, but I digress, is what the uh, author says. And uh, it says, opening in 2018, LeBron's I Promise School is a part of Akron Public Schools, but since the time has gone by, it's now been years since the school's eighth grade class has passed Ohio State math test, according to the Akron Beacon Journal. Per their report, the last eighth last time eighth graders passed Ohio's math test was when they were in third grade. Uh, Keith Lickey Clifford, the director of the School Improvement for Akron Public Schools, described the students' test results as discouraging, you think. Okay, my friends, uh, we need to make sure that all of our kids can learn to read and write and do arithmetic, to think critically, to teach them history uh, honestly, and uh, understand uh, civic knowledge. These are all the things that we should be teaching our kids in our public schools. And uh, we get to have these important conversations because of wonderful sponsors. One of those is Karen Levine. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Very pleased to uh, welcome a a new sponsor of the show, and that is Boson Law. And they fight for clients who have been injured or family members who have lost a loved one due to the careless, reckless, or wrongful conduct of others, whether injured in a car accident, suffered an injury due to a product or bad pharmaceutical drug, or need help fighting for medical care and benefits following an accident at work, don't go it alone or uninformed. Boson Law is the law firm you need in your corner. Time is of the essence. You can reach them at 303-999-9999. And again, that's a complimentary appointment, Boson Law, 303-999-9999. Uh, very excited to have on the line with me Lauren Fix. Uh, you know her. She is the car coach reports. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. 
I was at an event last night, and uh, one of my friends said, I see you're having Lauren Fix on the show tomorrow. I love her. So you've got a fan club out here in Colorado, Lauren. Thank you. Um, I'm actually in Salt Lake as we speak. Okay. Yeah, so tonight we're going to be showing the new Toyota Land Cruiser. I can't tell you, but it'll be up at uh, 7.20 our time. Okay. I'll be posting a whole review. Okay. And uh, where can people find all that, Lauren? Our coach reports will be the video, and then, of course, I'll be posting on social media, all social media, at Lauren Fix. Okay. And also, you write at uh, Substack, uh, Lauren Fix, as well, Car Coach, Car coach yeah. Reports. So let's get right into it. First thing is this um, uh, ship out in the North Sea that uh, is on fire, and... I saw that they were trying to keep it from sinking. I had to look to see what happened with it this morning. But they think that uh, it has 3,000 cars on it and that possibly it was an EV that started the fire. What What's the inside scoop on this, Lauren? All right. So there's a lot going on. This is not the first fire I want everyone to know. I mean, all I need to go is the first time, you know, it never really happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the truth. Um, there is 3,000 vehicles on this ship. It's going from Germany to Egypt. So when they build cars in Germany, they ship them to Egypt. So <clears throat> what's on board? There's uh, Mercedes-Benz for sure and BMWs. Volkswagen will not comment, which means they got them on board. You know they get Oh, no, 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 no comment. Yeah, no, the truth is they're on board. Um, so while all this electric fires are going on, what happened is 500 EVs were on that ship. And of the 500 electric vehicles, one of them caught fire. You know, they've got cameras all over, so they can tell where the fire started. So, unfortunately, um, this, is what the, this is what the statement I've got, is that the cargo ship is ablaze off the Dutch coast, carrying nearly 500 EVs from BMW and Mercedes. Each has several hundred cars aboard. The Fremantle Highway is the name of it, which caught fire off the coast of the Netherlands. The ship was bound for Egypt from Germany and had an Indian crew. The fire started in an electric vehicle and reportedly ran through the entire vessel. So basically, this has happened before. So you're thinking, oh, this must be new. Well, in February 2022, a cargo ship full of Porsches, Audis, Bentleys, Lamborghinis, Audis, like all expensive cars, 4,000 vehicles were on that ship, and that burned also because of an electric vehicle. So the, my favorite part of this, and this this because you like to tell the truth. So the vehicle burned, the, the ship burned. All the, all the people got off, thank God, no one was killed. The cars burned. Once one starts with your chemical reactions, it triggers the next one. So what happens is they're little packs. One little pack catches fire. It caught. It heats up and causes the next one, a chemical reaction, and the chemical chain reaction starts the car on fire. Then eventually the car next to it, and then on and on and on. Pretty obvious. The domino theory for bales. So unfortunately, this is my favorite part, is that we're dragging it to the shore. This is somewhere off of Portugal, and we're going to investigate Conveniently, the ship sank, so there's no way to find out any details. They know it was on board because they loaded the ship, but I have a friend who lost a Porsche that he was waiting and waiting and waiting for, another friend had a Lamborghini who was waiting for the vehicle, but um, they never came, so they had to be reordered. So that was all because of a lithium-ion battery that's an electric vehicle that caught fire. Now, I'm not saying that all lithium-ion batteries are bad. I'm not saying the vehicle you have if you own an electric car is going to catch fire. What I'm saying is, this is a possibility. So, I mean, and some, yes, and some, no, we've seen recalls already. Um, also, there was a ship that was in New Jersey port recently, if you remember that, uh, that caught fire. And conveniently, they won't tell you what exactly happened. But the ship 
typically burns for weeks. I mean, these are, this is not like a, and it's terrible for the environment. Terrible. So you get all this smoke from all these chemicals, because what are these vehicles made of? Plastic. Because if you want to lightweight a vehicle in order for a battery to propel that vehicle, and there's a lot of, I mean, gasoline and diesel powered vehicles also, and there's not a lot of fuel left in these tanks. They literally run them down to just like below where that red line is, and you think, ah, it's early enough to get it off the ship, that's exactly what they have. Just have to drive it on and drive it off. So, but once they start catching fire, it just, it's terrible for the environment. Then the ship sinks in the ocean. So think about all that ocean light. I thought we were worried about what's going on. Apparently not, because all that ocean life also is going to be reacting somehow. I'm not an oceanographer. I am not expecting to be an expert, but there are people that will tell you that it is not good for the fish deep into the ocean. So the environmental impact of these ships and the total immersion in the water, obviously, is not good. But all these electric car, uh, ships that have those electric cars in them, they're going to have to put something in place, because right now these blazes are not just potentially killing people, but causing other problems. In the port of New York, we had two firefighters die, and that's really sad because they were trying to put it out. But that Italian flight ship was called the Grand Costa di, di Avario, I believe it is. I'm not good at Italian. But they were carrying 1,200 ships that were new and used vehicles, and the fire broke out. So, again, this is a concern. I'm not saying all electric batteries catch fire, but the fact that they're flammable, but I'm not saying gasoline cars aren't either, but there's a lot less fuel there. The safety concerns are what the big part of this is, and it also opens up doors to wondering what happens to all these vehicles down the road. Could they potentially catch fire? We don't know. It, we don't have a history, but we will soon. So, Lauren, there's this big push for these EV charging stations. Uh, and, you know, I'm thinking there's this big push out here in Colorado where you see um, all these apartment buildings that are being built. And I First of all, if you were if if an apartment building had ample charging stations for the number of people that live in the apartment building, that's going to be a lot of EVs that are going to be going to be plugged in. Many times the parking is um, below the apartment apartment buildings. I mean, I see ultimately if if this played out, we're we're seeing that there that uh, the EV, we'll talk about it here in a minute. But let's say this played out that, oh, there's all these EVs and there's all these charging stations and all these apartment buildings that they're trying to push people in. It's, it's on the um, lower floors in the, where the parking structure is. My gosh, I see big danger if uh, one of those defective uh, um, batteries caught fire. I mean, that could be a disaster. Is anybody thinking about that? And I, Am I off the rails or, or do you see some yep. risk with that as well? Well, we have a problem in New York City. I mean, people don't think about it, but typically it'll start in a bigger city or, you know, someplace where there's a lot more of these electric cars or electric scooters, and both are causing fires. More of the scooters right now, uh, many of them are made in China, and there's no cutoff. So when the charger, it, cars have this, all the cars have this, at least the ones made here in the U.S. But a lot of these electric scooters are where the big problem is happening in New York, and it sort of should make you think about the bigger picture. But... We're talking about politicians, and they don't do that. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know, but uh, it's just the way they are. They're a, I, I have a friend that says they all eat from the same trough. So uh, maybe he says he says donkey or elephant. They all eat from the same trough. True. But, um, that may or may not be true. I mean, there's some exceptions, obviously. But um, in the bigger picture, when you're looking at what's happening, is these scooters people plug them in, they use them instead of taking a cab or using a subway, which is not very safe right now. 
or walking or whatever. So they say, I'll take a scooter, especially if you're doing deliveries or you want to get somewhere kind of quick. So they can be very helpful. However, a lot of buildings have banned them. Literally, I don't know how they're doing it without you know, going to everybody's apartment. But they're banning them because when they plug them in and they reach their full capacity on, on the battery and the recharge, it doesn't shut off. It just keeps, you know, unless you're standing there and go, oh, it's fully charged, I'll unplug it. That's the smartest move. Otherwise, they just keep recharging. And I own an electric scooter that was sent to me uh, to review, and I, I don't know if it was even plugged in because I don't need a fire in my garage. So if I need it, I'll plug it in. When I know it's fully charged, I unplug it. People don't do that. They leave it plugged in. They go about their business or they go to sleep. And when it's fully charged, they've got it smoking, which turns to a fire. And they've actually had many people die. Over 60 people have died just this year in buildings that have caught fire. And that is a serious concern because obviously once the fire starts in some of these older pre-war buildings and new buildings, you know, you're putting people's lives in danger, animals, children. You know, you may not be home to come back to your building being burned. So the fire department has, has begged them to, to stop selling them. But unfortunately, much like what's going on with everything else in New York City, there's push one way and push back the other. So right now a lot of buildings have banned these scooters. But for cars, and I do know of a friend of mine who lives in Buffalo who had two electric vehicles, and the brand doesn't make a difference because they had plugged into the charging station. They took one, they went to dinner and came back and caught their house on fire. So the interesting thing is their insurance company didn't cover the full damage to their home because they said, we didn't write this insurance policy for you when you had an electric car. But now they're asking on home to start your insurance policy. Do you own an electric car? Because they may not cover you. So that's something you need to watch. Could you imagine that? So this guy's now in a negative position. The, the brand picked up the two cars, brought them back because they wanted to make sure they were both the same brand. They were concerned that, you know, they gave them their money back and everything. And, and he went and bought two gasoline-powered vehicles. So he says, I'm done. And I don't blame them. But the interesting thing is, this is in Buffalo. It's happening all over the country. And I'm not saying it's happening like it's a disease that's spreading. I'm just saying all it takes is one in your neighborhood, and everybody wakes up and says, oh, I'm not doing it. And part of what you're seeing is the result of electric vehicles sitting on lots. And how do I know that is? They, they call them turns. How, how long does it take from the vehicle once it hits the property till the dealer lot until it's sold? Well, it used to be somewhere around 15 days. That's, that's a really nice, sweet spot. You know, a Honda Civic comes in, it's sold. You know, a Ford Mustang comes in, it's sold. But the Mach-E, which is the electric version, and the Ford Lightning truck, as well as all the other brands, are now selling. And they're having 115 days of what they call turns. You do not want a vehicle sitting on your lot for three months. So I stopped by one of the local dealers. It was a Toyota dealer, and I asked him about their electric vehicle, and I said, hey, what do you think? It's a cool vehicle. It's very cool. It's this, None of this is the fault of the brand. The brands have built cool vehicles. Sadly, the infrastructure is not there. The potential of a fire is there. The potential of insurance costs being higher. And people don't like the limits to their freedom. And that's a problem because the charging stations don't work. So we have a huge imbalance here. So the, the brands did their job, but now they're saying people aren't even interested. So here's an area where an EV might make sense. Say, I can't even get people to use them when they come in for service. So I like, oh, Kim, here's the keys to an electric vehicle while your car's being serviced. They're like, I don't want it. <laughs> Wow. Interesting. It, and it, I'm getting this right on the ground. Of course, I went to like different dealers. I'll stop at one here. It's not like I stopped in California. I stopped in Michigan, which I'm going to tomorrow. Uh, and everywhere I'm going, I'm stopping at random dealers that have electric cars and all the same thing. 
Wow. That's Lauren Fix with Car Coach Reports. Uh, Such important information regarding our freedom to move around, our freedom of mobility. And uh, I have great sponsors that brings this show to you. Knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. You want to be proactive about protecting your home and family in light of high crime and uncertain times. You need to go to Franktown Firearms. As a family-owned and family-friendly gun store and range, Franktown Firearms invites you to train and learn together. They want you and your family to be safe and confident in using the firearms you purchase. And while most ranges will teach you to shoot down a straight line, Franktown offers a more tactical approach where you're walking, ducking, drawing in more realistic scenarios and always with safety as a top priority. Training your family to defend themselves is an important process. You need a patient and experienced trainer to work with. Franktown Firearms offers group classes, one-on-one training, and special shooting events like Tactical Fun Night to improve your skill and have fun while you're at it. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown and schedule your family's training today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's KimMunson.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, text line is 720-605-0647. And I wanted to say thank you to all of you regarding helping to raise the money for the USMC Memorial Foundation to fix the electrical system out there so that uh, they can have the flags flying 24-7. And uh, and if you uh, want to help, and it would be a great thing, is to help with the um, raising the money for the remodel uh, of the Marine Memorial. And you can do that by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That is usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Uh, Lauren Fix is on the line with me. She is Car Coach Reports at Substack and uh, on all of the social media platforms. Lauren, somebody said something to me the other day that I hadn't really thought about, really connected that dot, uh, when comparing wind, solar, and our natural occurring uh, oil and gas um, uh, products. And that is that there's no byproduct from wind or solar. That that is just that, and it's heavily subsidized. But your petroleum products... Uh, your oil and gas, the derivatives from that make so many things that, I mean, just sitting here looking at my desk from um, my iPhone to my computer, uh, certainly clothing items, um, uh, just so many things in our life that there's 
all of these things are um, have petroleum based products in them as well. And I thought that is really interesting. I hadn't really thought about the fact that there's no byproducts of anything that really is beneficial to our life from uh, wind and solar. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree. I mean, the wind and solar, there's a lot of interesting things. When it comes to, for example, we'll start with wind. Those gigantic propellers that you see up there, when they stop working, that's a problem because those motors are run on electricity, which, of course, draws from natural gas or coal. You can't run those motors based on solar or you're going nowhere. You're just chasing the sail. So they use electricity to start those motors to get them going. If one of those blades gets damaged, and they do from time to time, they have to be buried in the ground because they're made of fiberglass. Again, not good for the environment. And the fact is, if they're not running all the time, it doesn't make sense. There's also all kinds of issues that when they're, when they're going, the noise is so damaging to humans. But they don't want you living anywhere near those solar farms, which is why they're far away. But in many areas, I see that they're putting them up near people's homes. Uh, I took a Carlson to the story on that when he was still on the air at Fox. Um, about how somebody had built their dream home way out in northern Michigan. They were absolutely ecstatic, and then they come and built a solar farm. I'm sorry, not a solar farm, a wind farm. And the blades were droning so bad they couldn't even sell the house. They couldn't get out. So, and they said that they have to sleep in the basement at night because it's so bad. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that come off of that. Uh, on the solar side, uh, the panels, again, they get damaged all the time. A bird hits them, a rock hits them, something happens. Those have to be stacked up in the salvage yards. There's no recycle for solar panels, which is an interesting uh, thing that's not thought about. But I was just talking to someone in the leather industry, and they told me something very interesting. They're saying they're pushing against leather. They want vegan leather, which back in our day was called plastic seats <laughs> or vinyl seats or what I lovingly call pleather, which is plastic leather. Uh, it, feels, it feels nice, but it doesn't have the same properties as leather. It doesn't last as long. The sun gets to it, it cracks. And what is it made out of? Petroleum. So it's very interesting when you think about, you know, can we live off of wind and solar? Absolutely not. Literally everything you touch every day, what you sit on, literally, think of anything that's not made of a natural product has a petroleum in it. And that even includes the processing of your medications, of your medical devices. Of, you know, and people go, oh, I've got a cloth napkin. It's processed by petroleum. Even glass has petroleum in it. It's amazing. Tires. I mean, you always, because I worked did a project for the, um, for the plastics council years ago, and they, they freaked me out. I said, well, I'm wearing a, a, a cotton shirt. They go, there's petroleum in it. I'm like, okay, well, but I'm drinking out of a glass and there's petroleum in it. I'm like, oh, they, like you, your brain explodes because you're just so overwhelmed with what, what doesn't have petroleum in it. Leather, that's about it. And it's very interesting. The leather council starting to push back and saying, unless they tell you that whole seat is leather, it's not leather. They're lying to you. That could be a class action lawsuit. We were having that conversation. I mean, just think about that. It's pretty, pretty uh, sad that we've come to the point that when we used to say, oh, plastics are bad. We don't want plastics. We don't want any made of petroleum. Now we're saying, oh, no, it's still good, which is so typical political. You know what I mean? Whose who's palms getting greased is pretty much how you look at it. There's probably petroleum products in Greece, too, right? Yeah, <laughs> there is. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Ultimately, this assault upon the uh, petroleum products is really an assault on, 
I think, human flourishing in a way. All these things have made our lives so much better. And you kind of hit on it, and that is is – we, I think we just like the, the stories to be true and factual and everything in it. For example, um, going back to what we started with, this, uh, this ship that had 3,000 cars on it, um, apparently the fire that was started from an electric vehicle, uh, it did not, the ship did not get towed back to port, but in fact it sank. And I think the frustrating component of it is because I was looking for different headlines in preparation for our conversation today, and I found the the headline that the, that it was possibly a EV that started it from a source called the Drive. But as I was looking at all of the major headlines, the major media headlines, I don't recall any of them saying that oh, it could have started by an EV. Because, gosh, if they started to tell the whole story, then people would probably. Um, I did have more disdain for uh, uh, buying an EV. And, and so I just really wish we would get the whole story, but that's why we, you do what you do, and that's why I do what I do. Right. Yeah, I noticed NBC. I have, I have links I've been saving them. NBC just said that the ship carrying cars catches fire, and it says it's adrift. Uh, automotive News, of course, they're going to be super protective, says Mercedes and EMW vehicles are still ablaze. But they don't explain, but anyone with a brain can figure that out. Uh, CNN said uh, Felicity Ace car ship sinks. I mean, I mean, I'll even go back to the previous ones. Auto Week, another car carrying uh, carrying vehicles catches fire. I mean, I, I'm just looking, but very few say, hey, this has to do with, you know, electric vehicles. Uh, and you're starting to see more and more and more uh, people say it. And I think I think people have kind of pulled away from the mainstream media. And they're, they're, they don't trust them. They don't believe what they're saying. You know, many people are starting to look at alternative sources. They look on YouTube and Rumble, which I'm not opposed. Uh, they look at other social media sites beyond X, which was Twitter. Uh, they're looking at Truth Social. And I'm on all of them, at Lawrence X. But, but it's amazing how certain outlets uh, are willing to say the truth and others are following the narrative. Sounds like It's, it's almost like how the I – I hate to get political on this, but it's sort of like how the Democrats all have the same talking point. You know, whatever the word of the day is, they all say it. Right. For the full day. It's like they get a text message in the morning. Today's word is, today's phrase is, and they use it, it's crazy, and, you, and it's on every network. It, it's unbelievable. They're in lockdown. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, I mean, I'm not sure which, um, the Republicans kind of, they're all over the road. So, they're not, they're not together. They need to get together if they want strength. Right. Uh, yes. And... True. We have just a couple of minutes left, Lauren, and I did want to ask you one other thing. Ford had uh, the CEO, we'd seen that uh, he'd been out there saying, you know, they're cutting edge regarding EVs, but there's there's trouble at Ford right now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, they just took $9.2 billion from the federal government. So we're, they didn't take any money when GM and Chrysler at the time were bailed out. Now they're taking money to claim it's for the battery plant, which unfortunately is probably owned by China, and they're building it in Michigan. So people in Michigan are furious. But they also cut the price of their electric cars, which are excellent vehicles. Again, not the range that we hope for, but again, you can't push technology. Great product, unfortunately, uh, they're not selling, so they lowered the price by $10,000 on their truck. They're still way too expensive. Even with the $7,500 tax credit, your state credit, maybe your company offers you a credit. If you want one, Now's the time to get one because the prices have been dropped. 
uh, and to lower the price by $10,000 is risky, even Tesla's lowering the prices. But what I fear, knowing Jim Farley, um, unfortunately, when Bill Ford, who was pushing very, very hard uh, to get people to buy electric vehicles, he was just speaking recently at the Michigan Economic Council and did not understand. This is what he says. It's from Bill Ford. He says, I don't understand how electric vehicles have become political. The conservatives, or I'm sorry, re-qualify. The GOP wants gasoline-powered. The Democrats want electric vehicles, which is not true because there's a mix on both sides. I've talked to people on both sides. It's what you want personally for your personal situation. I don't think it's political, but he believes it is. My fear is that, unfortunately, there could be a change of batter at the top of Ford uh, to a non-car person. And Jim Farley is a car guy. That's why the new Mustang Dark Horse, which I just posted the video this morning um, at 6 a.m., for a 500-horsepower Mustang, it's all gas. And they're going to continue to produce those Mustangs as long as they can. But if Jim Farley is let go and they replace him with another guy or another girl, it does not, that does not bode well for Ford. Wow. Lauren Fix, it goes way too quickly. Thank you so much. Uh, that is Car Coach Reports. Lauren Fix, we'll talk to you next month. Okay, thank you. And a quote for the end of the show is from uh, Thomas Sowell. He said, since this is an era where when many people are concerned about fairness and social justice, what is your fair share of what someone else has worked for? So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show. Analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment and thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And it is a very special Tuesday because in studio with me is producer Luke and we're going to talk about what's on the hearts of... And minds of 20-somethings. 20-somethings. Because you you are a 20-something. So we'll, you know, we we need to understand and hear the narrative out there. And I so appreciate you being here. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you giving me the time. Absolutely. And uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, 
force versus freedom. If something is a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Text line is 720-605-0647. And uh, our word of the day is scion. And it's spelled S-C-I-O-N. And it is a noun. Uh, First definition is a descendant or heir, especially of a wealthy or prominent family. Number two, a detached shoot or bud from a plant that is joined to a rootstock in grafting. Or three, a shoot or twig, especially one cut for the purpose of being grafted upon some other tree or for planting. And uh, the sentence that I created was, Scion, uh, Hunter Biden, allegedly enriched the Biden family by using and leveraging O'Biden's political influence. So, Producer Luke... I am seeing all of this information regarding Hunter Biden, but do you think that uh, many of your colleagues, uh, 20-year-olds, 20-somethings, uh, 20 to 30, are they seeing this or questioning it all, at all? Wow, well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, you know, at least in my circles, hasn't been on uh, hasn't been on the forefront of people's minds. It, I've I've realized that a lot of the back when Trump was in office. All the stuff that people left of center was, you know, reaching over and pointing at Trump for. Right. That Republicans were saying, if there's evidence, there's evidence. If there's not, stop talking about it. Uh, it's sort of it's the sort of same thing that's happening, but in reverse. Where I think Republican, you know, right of center people are saying, hey, look at over here, and people left of center are going, well, if there's evidence, there's evidence. If there's not, shut up about it. Uh, you know, that's the sort of vibe. I'm getting from it at the very least. At the very least, people in in my age group aren't talking about it a whole lot. Okay. That's important to know. Yes. Very important to know. So we'll talk more about that because uh, I'm going to hear really what's on your radar and and, – because there's so much happening in our country right now and a lot to be concerned about, but there's so much noise around all of this as well. But uh, I will go ahead and get to our quote of the day. And uh, as uh, many of you know, I'm going through the Medal of Honor quote book, which you can order that by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. And it is the Center for American Values that has put this together. And uh, Center for American Values is located uh, on the Riverwalk in Pueblo, Colorado. And uh, they have Portraits of Valor, which is over 160 portraits of Medal of Honor recipients and their quotes. And it is so inspirational. And in the first hour, Luke, I actually will go through and do the citation mm-hmm. of the reason that the award was was awarded to each of these recipients. Uh, but I just give the quote here in, mm-hmm. in the second hour. Uh, but this is James R. Hendricks, United States Army Medal of Honor recipient, born 1925, died in 2002 and uh, let's see i'm just doing the math he was 19 years old when he would uh-huh. when he did this wow. and it was uh, tried to, to get into bastone during battle of the bulge and he said do unto others as you would have them do for you love your family friends and god oh. pretty great advice don't Very you nice agree quote. yeah great quote on that and um several things uh, but we talked a little bit about it in the first hour, and this was the uh, president of the Oakland NAACP and uh, also one of the pastors of the churches in Oakland. They have are speaking out regarding the crime crisis mm. in Oakland, and they're starting to say, oh, we realize it's because of these quote-unquote progressive policies of 
the anti-police rhetoric, defunding the police, uh, district attorneys that are not prosecuting crime, and people can't live their lives because their community is not safe whatsoever. And this is maybe a shift in in the conversation. And so, what what do you think about that, Luke? Oh, I mean, crime is a crime is a huge issue, and I I'd, I'd love to talk about that as well. Um, man, I wish I wish there were simple solutions, right? Uh, but it feels like the more things escalate, the more complex the solution seems to be uh, as the event cascades. I think I think we really can simplify it if we really understood the the um, the vision of our founding in the declaration that all men are created equal not any of these special rights because of whatever descriptor but that's our north star and each of uh, we're created in the image of god and we have these rights from god of life liberty and pursuit of happiness constitution was put in place for order in our society and i think if we could reclaim that I think that I think that that we could simplify instead of making things so so complex. And so, what's the opposite of chaos? Order. What's the opposite of uh, complex? S- simplify. I, I think that we can make that happen, okay. producer Luke. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. The show comes to you because I am blessed with amazing sponsors. I know each and every one of them personally. And uh, if you need their goods or services, uh, rest assured that I highly recommend them. One of those is a new sponsor of the show, John Boson with Boson Law. John, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. It's great. Duty here. It's great to have you. And uh, I've got uh, producer Luke is in studio. We're going to be talking with him in uh, the rest of the show regarding uh, he's what you're 25 25 25 I had to do some math but yeah yeah <laughs> soon to be 26 one of these days yeah. but to, to uh, John I think it's so ins- important that we understand you know what our, our young people are hearing what they're thinking about what their challenges are and so that's why we have John on the or uh, Luke on the show but John I've I've heard you talk and present to people in the past about how important it is to contact a lawyer in a personal injury matter as soon as possible. Can you elaborate on why this is so important and maybe give us some do's and don'ts on it? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I do talk to people on a regular basis and present. And, and one of the things I always emphasize is time is of the essence. Regardless of what kind of situation, and it really applies outside of personal injury, but especially personal injury matters. Uh, there are time limits. There are things that need to be done, things that need to be firmed up in any kind of a personal injury matter, for example, liability. Um, if someone slips and, and they have a problem with ice that hasn't been removed, uh, putting somebody on notice, capturing pictures, talking to witnesses, all those things have to be done very soon after an incident, after a fall occurs, and and folks don't realize that. Um, but if they call me, they're going to realize very quickly there's a few steps that need to be taken, and it can be with a motor vehicle accident, getting in, seeing a doctor, uh, the do's and don'ts and knowing what to do, who to talk to. Um, you don't want to talk to an insurance adjuster and give a recorded statement but if you are not aware of that, when they call, you're going to give them a recorded statement. You're going to answer questions that, that really probably should not be asked. So lots of things um, to go over with anybody with regard to what kind of a claim it is. Workers' compensation claims. If you get involved in a work accident and, and you don't timely report it, 
uh, that can be a big issue, a big problem for you. So things that have to be taken care of very early on in any case and, um, you know, the best way to understand and, and take care of those early on things is to call an experienced, aggressive attorney that can walk you through those do's and those don'ts right from the get-go. makes all the difference in the world. Well, and I think in the arena of uh, personal injury, um, it's really important to to work with a, a law firm that, that has integrity and strives for excellence, which is why I'm so excited to have Boson Law as a sponsor of the show. Appreciate that very much, Kim. And, uh, and I always end when I talk with folks uh, to remember the number. Call me or if you know someone that's been involved in the situation or an accident, uh, the sooner they call, the better. And that number, as, as folks always hear me when I finish up, is 303-999-9999. Again, that's Boson Law, 303-999-9999. John, thank you so much. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Kim. Have an awesome day. You as well. And uh, that is a a segue to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. He knows that life can be challenging. And it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And really pleased to have in studio with me producer Luke. Uh, he's um, got his finger on the pulse of uh, 20-somethings and what uh, what's on on their radar. So, Luke, welcome. And you and I were trying to figure out what to talk about. And you said the economics is really affecting people in their 20s. I, I understand that. But so, you know, what, what should people know about that? Yeah. When, you know, before 
the show, you know, we were talking, I want to talk about, you know, what's on the mind of, of 20-somethings. And the reason I brought up economics is because that's definitely the biggest thing that's immediately impacting us. Um, and that's to say there are other things that, you know, obviously we care about, but on the sort of, you know, hierarchy of needs that you see in your psychology class, you know, food, water, and shelter mm-hmm. are base needs that need to be met before you can start worrying about anything else. Mm-hmm. And with the market the way it is, those needs aren't being met as easily as they used to. Right. Because of inflation, things have gotten more expensive. A lot, you know, a lot of stuff's gotten uh, very expensive and wages to a certain degree have stagnated and haven't been rising with the rate of inflation, which is creating this really, really, really big squeeze. Um, and when I say when I say squeeze, obviously everyone's being affected, right? I don't think there's anyone who's sitting here listening to this show going, I'm doing great, actually. Things are better for me now. Uh, everyone's feeling it. Uh, but there are certain groups, and it just so happens to be my age group, I feel is disproportionately being affected by a lot of this stuff. And that's due to a plethora of, uh, of reasons, and I'm happy to get into that uh, if you'd like. But I know one of the there, – there are a few really big issues that comes up a lot. Okay. Uh, you know, when me and my friends talk and, you know, we'll, we'll get online, we'll have conversations, mostly, mostly just to vent, right? Air out the frustrations and talk about the stuff that's been bothering us in the week to week. And so, and what's that like? Is that a, a just a, a chat or yeah, yeah, okay. just a chat? It's a, sort of like a like a Zoom call. You know, you okay. sort of jump in and jump out as you please. Okay. And the biggest issues are my jobs not paying me enough to live comfortably. Uh, a decent number of my friends, you know, high school graduates, uh, and maybe this is an observation bias on my part. But a lot of my friends come from families that didn't afford them a lot of opportunities, where they graduate high school, uh, you know, turn 18, and it's, okay, cool, get out. You know, you've, you finished up, my obligation to you has ended, you're on your own now. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are people who, you know, don't have the opportunity to get higher education. So they need to enter the workforce pretty, pretty quickly, pretty immediately. Do you feel, do they feel that they have the, the tools um, because um, I have one semester of college. Yes. But I had a, a great public education and had the tools, reading, writing, arithmetic, history, civics, how to run a household, all those things. So I had those tools. Do 20-somethings today feel that, I mean, reading, writing, do they have, do they have that stuff? I mean, they, ha- they, have the, uh, they have the foundation. I think they have the basics, right? I mean, I... I graduated, you graduated, and they all graduated with the same sort of core ideas because we all graduated sort of pre-introduction to Common Core before a lot of the schooling changed and such. Like I, you know, grew up writing cursive. Um, a lot of these kids are growing up writing on, you know, tablets. I did, I missed all that. Yeah, which is is so important. I mean, I think for brain development and cur- I, I can't believe that we're not teaching cursive writing. Um, instead, is taking school hours to talk about um, you know, <laughs> transgender stuff and all that. I it, and that's a real problem. But continue on. Yeah, um, you know, we graduate and they have to find jobs pretty immediately and entry level jobs for the most part. You're looking at stuff like fast food industry and grocery stores warehouse work if you're capable of driving you're a delivery driver very entry level accessible jobs and a lot of my friends have stayed 
in and around that career section because they haven't had the time to either pursue higher education or pursue training in a different field, right? If, say, for example, I got a friend named John. A friend named John graduates high school, and he needs to get a job immediately because he needs to pay for rent and food. Uh, so he'll go and he'll work at Target. Okay. And John's working at Target full time, taking as much overtime as he can possibly get in order to, you know, make ends meet. Uh, John lives in Texas at the moment, so uh, very, you know, good cost of living. Uh, no, not a whole lot of taxes over in Texas, so it's it's much more accessible. You know, very low housing costs. So well, housing is more attainable. For housing housing is definitely more attainable, but even with that. With the wages that are being made now, can't really afford to set aside additional money for a nest egg. Uh, with that time being spent at the job, doesn't really have the time. To, you know, one, you're working 45, 50 hours a week. You can't also go pursue an apprenticeship at another company. Mm-hmm. You got stuff to do. Uh, you know, you got to take care of the home. You have chores to do. Mm-hmm. You have other responsibilities. So it, it creates this sort of cycle where, well, they can't really leave, um, so they have to stick around. They have to stay in this job. Maybe they can move up, but once they reach that top mm-hmm. level, still not, still not quite making enough. And this is, this is present for a good number of my friends where they simply don't have the income to even in Texas where cost of living is much less and the housing market is much less – don't have enough money to save up to buy a home, which is which is disheartening. Uh, I did some research beforehand, you know, just uh, just before the show to double check some of my work to make sure what I was saying was true and accurate. And housing cost has gone up an insane amount, disproportional to wage. And even when you take into account that a decent amount of housing costs does, in fact, come from, you know, new regulation and new policy, say approximately 20 percent, right? At least. At least 20 percent of the housing costs comes from this stuff. Well, housing cost has risen more than that 20 percent, substantially so. You look at, uh, you know, the houses that are available to a lot of the stuff that's available isn't super, you know, not nice neighborhoods, bad homes that mm-hmm. need work. And when you're working 50 hours a week over at Target, you don't have the learned skill set to fix that home yourself. You have to have a contractor. And the last thing you want to do is take a risk on, you know, working on drywall. If you've never worked on drywall mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, God forbid, plumbing or electrical. <laughs> definitely <laughs> could be a problem. <laughs> right. You definitely don't want to be doing that. Uh, and then you look at, well, why are we getting squeezed? Right. Why, why are housing costs going up? you know disproportionately beyond the 20%. So so that that is so important. Are do you feel that many of your friends are saying why? Uh, yeah, a lot okay, of the time good. and I feel like we the answer that we usually come to is I say we the 20 somethings my friend group mm-hmm. uh is is greed. You look at large corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard and you look at particularly wealthy individuals who buy up single-family homes and rent them out as Airbnbs, nearly 40% of the U.S. housing market are renters. 40% of the current U.S. market, I think it's a little bit less, and that's probably like 38 point something, but, you know, so we'll we'll say 38. 38% of the housing market, statistically, 
are forced renters. These are people who cannot afford to buy their own home, so are renting. And it creates this sort of catch-22 of, well, someone who can afford the home has bought the home and has chosen to rent it out to you, which in, in a capitalist you know, scenario would make sense. There's only so much land to go around. So once those homes are bought and new homes aren't being built, they control that market. If you know, if you look at a big map of you know San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, and you check Airbnb, most of those homes out there are only available for rent. You don't have the option to buy. It's it's such a tight, tight, tight squeeze. And like I said, you look at these huge corporations, BlackRock, Vanguard, who are buying up single-family homes in the tens of thousands and making them rent only. They're never going to sell those homes. They'll never sell those homes. And once you run out of land, you can't build any more homes. So what do you do? So uh, interesting points. And this premise that there is not enough land for single-family homes is uh, – and granted, land there is is finite – but there is a lot of land, like out in San Francisco, I haven't been out there for a long time, and I probably won't be going to San Francisco now, or Oakland for a no. crime and all that. <laughs> but there is a lot of land because of government regulations is off limits to build. And it's because politicians have – I remember when there was the, the term urban sprawl, and mm. you know the, the word yes. – it made it sound very bad. I look, look at urban sprawl, and and I actually see people that own homes and are going after their their hopes and dreams. And but what's so interesting is is from a policy standpoint, we have seen, seen uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, and Boulder is an excellent example that they have put a boundary around mm-hmm. uh, a corridor, an urban corridor. It's a boundary uh, regarding any new single family you know, building out, uh, outside of that corridor. And so they've put a boundary up. They put up a wall, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and when they did that, then it starts to limit supply, which makes the, the price go up significantly, which I think locks our young people into renting. And to your point, somebody is owning that property, and it's great cash flow for them, but it makes it difficult for a young person to put together enough nickels to try to have a down payment for a home that is becoming more and more limited because of public policy. And I, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that 20 somethings understand that because it's taken me a long time to figure mm-hmm. it out, Luke. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're definitely right. I mean, it's it has to be a mix of both. Right. I mean, it, it is the two things working in tandem that creates the issue um, in, in my mind, at least. I absolutely agree. You know, creating these artificial boundaries, uh, you know, preventing people from building homes where they want to build them. I think, you know, our our planning and zoning laws are absolutely atrocious. Um, But as I think as you and me both know, it's very easy to put in a new law and it's very, very, very difficult to get rid of a standing one, uh, which which creates a a difficult environment. And I'd love to get back to you on PBIs when we come back from whatever next break we take. Okay, that sounds great. I'm talking with producer Luke. And uh, he's uh, 25, but I, we need to understand what the challenges are and what the conversations are with our young people because 
we have a responsibility to pass. We, we've been given a blessing. Uh, and we need to make sure, and it's the American idea to pass on something better, not worse, to the next generation. We have these conversations because of great sponsors, and one of those is Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at kimmunson.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And tomorrow evening, Wednesday, August 2nd, I will be moderating a panel uh, regarding Proposition HH which has been referred to our November ballot from the legislature signed by the governor. And uh, it's really a bait and switch. So it needs to be defeated. Uh, People are concerned about their property taxes with these higher assessed valuations. And so, of course, PBI's... uh, Governor Polis comes in and says, oh, well, we've got something, maybe a little bit of uh, property tax relief. But in order to do that, we want to have your uh, taper, your Colorado Taxpayers Bill of Rights refunds that should be in your pocket. We'd like government to keep that forever. That seems like a really bad idea to me, Producer Luke. Uh, Yeah, a very bad idea. (laughs) A very bad idea. So knowledge is power. There are 100 seats available. It will be at the Parker Library. It's being sponsored by the Douglas County GOP. And uh, tickets are free, but you do need to reserve your ticket. And you can do that by going to the DCGOP uh, website. But we'd love to have you join us tomorrow night. And then also wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation located out at six. uh, Well, the memorials at six and Colfax. I was out there last Friday and it seemed a little stark because the flags were not flying. Uh, They will be flying again uh, because of all of the rains and wind. The electrical system was damaged. And congratulations to all of you. The money's been raised to to fix that. It just hasn't happened yet. But again, my friends, we need to know our history and um, honor those that have been willing to give their lives or given their lives for our freedom. And uh, a way to do that is to make a contribution at the USMC Memorial Foundation.org. Producer Luke is in studio with me. And Producer Luke, you wanted to address PBIs, those PBIs. politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. Yes, I, I, I love the phrase PBIs. I want to make sure I didn't say I love PBIs, but <laughs> I, like the, I like the name PBIs. And I think it, it ties very nicely into 
the sort of economic squeeze we're suffering from. And I think it leads very well into what you said before, where, you know, PBIs have erected this wall around specific areas and they're not allowing the construction of certain homes in these areas. And I think it all ties in together very nicely. So forgive me if I'm a little long. When did I get it from my father? And he likes to talk a lot. Oh, so. <laughs> no, I, I love that because, and I, I have to mention, I may try to use your plethora as a word of the day. Oh. Good for you on <laughs> that you. one. Well, but you. yes, in, in creating these walls, sometimes we don't see these walls because it's from rules and regulations. And uh, we also, these walls, uh, rules and regulations increase the cost, which again is a wall to people wanting to enter into home ownership or these other walls to start a business, to get licensing and all these taxes and regulations. Those are creating walls. And America was founded on the idea that government should be limited. And uh, so the wall should be around government intervention instead of the walls around life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I absolutely agree. It, it should be. It should be. And I'd like, I'd like to take you on a, on a quick little sort of thought experiment journey here okay. uh, to sort of get you, uh, that sounds wrong, to sort of explain and elaborate on the mindset of a lot of people in my age and sort okay. of how we're thinking of these things. Okay. You say, you say PBI, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. Well, politicians have, have control because we have elected them with our votes and we pay their salaries with our taxes. So they have control to do the things that they do, right? They, we, have, we have elected them into a position of authority. And right there. Yes. What, and, and that's one of the, the things that we need to work on that narrative because yes. that is what people believe. But we have actually elected them to be representatives of us to protect these things of our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so I'm, I'm working to take that narrative back. When we refer to them as elected officials, first of all, they start to think they're yes. officials. Yes. And we start to think of them as officials. So they need to be reminded and we need to be reminded that they are representatives working for us. Yes. Yes. Elected representatives. Okay, there we go. <laughs> they, have, they have been elected uh, to represent us, and as such, they have the capacity to create and subsequently enforce the, the rules that become put in place. But let's let's look at bureaucrats and interested parties. We we lump them in with politicians, but when we say PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, that phrase implies, and I think rightfully so, that bureaucrats and interested parties also have power. Bureaucrats and interested parties have power. Well, why do they have power? Well, they have power because a certain somebody said that lobbying and the exchange of money from corporations to politicians is protected under free speech. Well, well, who has all the money? And if that exchange of money, quite large sums of money, is protected under free speech and you can lobby politicians to perform certain actions, well, who has a very vested interest in erecting those walls? Who makes more money by having those walls erected? It, which, is, which is an insane notion. If I go down to the local county sheriff's office and hand them $20 million and say, hey, maybe we stop enforcing speeding tickets. And they go, sure, both of us, both me and the sheriff's office are getting in a lot of trouble. But say, for example, BlackRock or Vanguard or other single-family investment firms who are coming in and buying up all these homes can put a fat stack of $100 million down on a politician's table and say, hey, 
maybe we don't let anyone build any more houses. That is perfectly fine and legal under the current system we have. They can lobby politicians to do essentially whatever they want with, with very little restrictions because it was said that that exchange of money is free speech. The bureaucrats and interested parties section of PBIs goes right in hand with politicians. But you have to ask yourself when they're erecting these walls, why? Why are they erecting these walls? Well, a politician isn't going to sit here and go, let's arbitrarily put a wall here to, you know, stomp on the little man for no reason in particular. That's not how people work. Like on a foundational level, you're not going to go out and make that decision because it's going to make a lot of people angry. You're not going to get reelected. Unless, of course, the person who's encouraging you very strongly to make that decision is securing your reelection with a $100 million campaign fund. So I think we need, to, we need to look at the bureaucrats and interested parties. Why are the walls being erected, right? Why are these policies being made? When we, you know, when we say, you know, it's, it's due to bad policy, it's due to bad policy. Well, if everyone thinks it's a bad policy, everyone can look around and agree that this is a bad policy, and they're making it anyway without any repercussion. Let's, you know, let, let's, let's zoom in there and analyze the why of that scenario. And I think a lot of the why of that scenario is because they're getting a really, really big paycheck to do it. Well, very, very interesting points, important points. And and within that, yes, PBIs, I put them all together because they, they've gotten to a point where they're all in bed together. Oh, it's a big club and you're not in it. <laughs> exactly. And so a couple of things. But the one thing I think that I'm concerned about yes. is I, I heard a little bit of a assault upon free speech regarding money in politics is protected under free speech. And I actually think that it should be. But I also think that we need to have transparency on 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 that. Um, and and that is really that is really the job of a free press is to shed light on what is really going on there. But of course we see media has gotten into bed with all of this as well. So first and foremost, we need to have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections. Transparency, shedding light on this is so important. And my concern is, is because of all of this over here with these PBIs, I think that young people are, are, are starting to say that, oh, this, is, this free speech is protected here. And we should always protect more free speech versus trying to take that away. And so I, I'm seeing this narrative as being used to encourage young people to see the squeeze that's going on, say the squeeze is going on over here, and then ultimately it could be used to limit speech. So d- does that does that make any sense to you? Sense. That makes sense. And I personally am of the opinion that free speech is critically important. I, I believe in free speech. I mean, the free expression of ideas is paramount to a free and informed society. Asterisk. However, I think free speech for an individual should 100% be protected. I think once you get into these huge, huge, huge trillionaire corporations, well, why do, you know, why do they get to spend an insane amount of money when they are themselves a sort of unelected pseudo-government in that exchange of money. Well, they only have free speech as a full corporation, a corporation being the big title there. 
only have free speech because it was deemed that corporations are people, quote unquote. And I don't think corporations should be people. I think people should be people and corporations should be corporations. I think there needs to be a separation because the minute you allow that exchange to happen, when you allow the billions and millions and trillions of dollars to be exchanged in order to inform policy, that creates a separate, that creates a class system that creates the elites and the non-elites. And when the elites have more say because they have more money, sure, the free, the, the speech itself might be free, but it's not equal representation. Okay. What- so Luke, what I think, what I hear here is that this is the, the real discussion is around a Supreme Court case called Citizens United, where I think that I think that that is the Supreme Court uh, case that said, yes, that corporations right. could have a voice. OK. Right. And so I hear this this uh, narrative. There's this assault upon the Supreme Court case there. Yes. The thing that is missing in in this discussion that I think that I don't hear 20-somethings having, and that is is the uh, power of unions. Mm. And uh, the teachers' union, I had done a – it's been a while since I've done it. But on Open Secrets, you can go and you can see all of the different – Money that's going into these different corporate, different elections, and um, teachers' unions have been putting millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so the the thing regarding this uh, discussion regarding corporations, and I understand what you're saying, but limiting that speech. I don't think is the answer because we're not over here. You don't hear young people saying, oh, we need to limit the, the contributions and the, the speech of unions. And so I think we need to add that into that conversation. What do you think? I think, I think there's, a, there's a difference between unions and corporations to the sense that a union is a collective of people who have voluntarily entered into a group to no, no, act as No, no, they haven't one voluntarily. Uh, many times they are forced to be in those unions. I don't think forced unionization should be should be a thing. So agreed. Uh, okay. I think in theory, in the imaginary space that exists, mm-hmm. uh, that isn't real life. I think a union should be a group of voluntary individuals speaking with one voice, whereas a corporation is often one individual speaking on behalf of others. Like it's what a union is now is also sort of what a corporation is now to a degree, just under a different name. And I think both. When when you get that huge exchange of money and when that exchange of money influences policies, the more money you have, the more power you have. And the more money you have and the more power you have, you become, like I said, a, you become a pseudo-government. Once you can influence policy and you are unelected, that isn't good. No, I totally agreed. So it's a bigger problem. And, uh, well, it <laughs> goes way too quickly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and these conversations come to you because I have amazing sponsors. And uh, I really am excited because each and every one of them uh, I highly recommend. And uh, one of those great sponsors that I get to work with is Lauren Levy. 
Knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well. And that comes from a sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commission from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that, then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure to check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. In studio with me is uh, producer Luke. It's great to have you here. And intellectual curiosity, I think I, th- I have to say that is something that you have. Oh, and you. Uh, uh, I, I love Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Uh, Dr. Jack, he'll be on next week. Uh, he's the founder of IPAC-EDU, and uh, he is matching those that are intellectually curious with amazing instructors at a very affordable price, and they are getting ready for the fall semester. You can get more information by going to IPAC-EDU. Thrilled to have on the line with me one of our listeners, Alan in Lakewood. What is on your radar? Good morning, Kim. Thanks, and I look forward to uh, getting on with you and Luke. Uh, Luke has a fine mind and excellent, excellent articulation, oh, and uh, really, really deserves to be on this show. <laughs> Steve said, "Oh, please!" I don't know if he put that on the air, but <laughs> but I agree with you, Alan. <laughs> Here, here's what I've learned in my 79 years now that relates to this, and that is that its core 
government is nothing more or less than the part of society to which the people delegate the right to use mortal force. And we build upward from there. And that power gives a great deal of lust to big government and big corporations and big unions to obtain the mortal force that they would not otherwise be justified or merited to use. Big government loves big business and big unions, and big unions, big power coalitions love big government. And the guardrails come off, and that results in fascism. Public-private partnerships are fascist by definition, and we don't tend to look at that. But small government and small individual services, and this comes back to Luke's insightful comment that he wants the value of the services to match what is paid to them. But that is that requires a non-monopolistic form of transaction between the contractor and the contractee. And as I say, big government, big unions, big interests have taken over a great deal, perhaps, well, the, the vast majority of our government and therefore the little guy that wants value for his tax dollars, his or her tax dollars, and uh, and time, effort, uh, doesn't get a fair deal out of it. So uh, let me lay that on the table and go from there. Okay, thank you, Alan. And uh, uh, yes, uh, this this big government and big business they like each other, and because they can use uh, government then to squelch the little guy, to squelch competition. We've got the phone lines. Alan in Lakewood, thank you so much. Phone lines are totally full, so let's get to Mark in Black Forest. Mark, what's on your radar? Uh, good morning. I kept wondering <clears throat> excuse me, if, um, if young people truly understand that government is solely responsible for inflation. Um, I don't know if Luke's still there. Yeah, he is. It seems like to me, it seems to me that most of them don't realize that government's solely responsible for inflation, and um, the key to that is separating the natural, which is supply and demand, uh, from the unnatural, which is uh, government interference with the economy, and um, you know, printing money and, and and all that. That's artificial. Both drive up prices. Well, and also, um, Mark, you had texted me, and you're absolutely right, is competition is what will will uh, actually, um, you know, take care of this big business, big government thing. But uh, elections are super important. Luke, did you want to say something? No, I was, I was going to I was going to agree, but I was also going to mention that. Uh, while you're absolutely correct, the government is responsible for inflation. Corporate greed is also responsible for inflation to the degree, too, that the Federal Reserve is a corporation. And the Federal Reserve is the one that is determining the interest rates, which is a corporation, which is affecting inflation. Mark, any comments? 
Um, well, back to Alan. Um, the Federal Reserve is the the ultimate public-private partnership. Right, which is fascist. Okay, great. Mark and Black Forest, uh, thank you so much. Bill in Northland, what's on your radar? Well, I guess I just wanted to run this by Luke. Uh, he's got a circle of uh, friends. Why is there such a reluctance uh, for his age group to get into blue-collar work? We need garage door installers. We need concrete people. We need electricians. Instead of going to Target and working 50, 60 hours a week, how about you call up you know, North Glen Plumbing and Heating? All these people got signs. Everyone on their truck uh, will train starting $25, $30 an hour. And then ultimately, you guys can open your own business and be multi-billionaires. I can give you stories of people that that's happened to, but there's such a reluctance uh, for that. Another example is Lincoln Tech out there on I-70. Uh, the dealers are paying, are, are asking high school graduates, we'll pay your tuition, and then you come and work for our dealership because they can't even get lubrication technicians. They can't get front-end people. They can't get auto mechanics. There's just this huge reluctance, reluctance to, uh, to get involved in blue-collar work. No, that's a, that's Thank a, you, Bill. Yes, that's a great question. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's twofold, and I'll try and make it quick because I know we're running low on time. I think the people who are getting into blue-collar trades are the people who are quiet about it. Blue-collar workers, I think by their nature, the people who are interested in blue-collar work aren't the kind of people who are going to be shouting about it from the rooftops. Uh, conversely, I think there's been this huge, huge narrative push from such a young age, in my age group specifically, all through high school, the entire building of high school is go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college, learn to code. Uh, you know, go to college, learn how to use a computer. So we go to college and we learn how to use a computer, and it turns out everyone's already done that. You spend four years working for a degree. You want a job in that field. You've put in the work. You've put in the effort. Uh, they don't want to pivot and have that time wasted. They want to work in the areas that they have been trained and told would be good for them to work in, uh, which creates uh, which creates some issue. I don't think they're I don't think they're unwilling. I think for a large majority of them too. They don't know about it as well as, as another big portion. Uh, the school system, their parents haven't told them that it's a viable option. And once you've already locked yourself into a job and you rely on that job to pay your rent, it's very hard to pivot out of that. So uh, thank you, Bill, Bill and North Glen, and uh, I really appreciate that. And that is, I think, one of the things, uh, first of all, that uh, if, if kids are not in a job that they went to college for, uh, again, they they should be open to to these other opportunities, I think there's been a narrative that has really poo-pooed people that have worked with that work with their hands. I come from people that work with their hands, and they've been able to build businesses and be creative. And we need to, with our young people, uh, talk about the the value of work. Luke, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, for all of high school, they tell you if you don't go to college, you'll be a garbage man, but they never told you the garbage man makes more than the teachers. <laughs> Good point. That's an excellent point. And so we need to start to uphold work again and uh, and, and how important it is to, to be self-sufficient, to be to take care of yourself and self-responsibility. And uh, 
and we've done a disservice uh, through our education system on this, and then this encouragement to take on all this debt with without really planning on how will you pay that off in the future. Our kids have been taught this narrative, so that's why it's so important. I mean, the credit system has been ingrained into our economic society. You need credit to own a house or a car or anything, and I mean, the credit system alone is based on a foundation of taking on debt, uh, which I think is inherently wrong. Uh, and also uh, someone's fault, right? Someone made the credit system, right? So, yes, we need to, uh, we need to be able to uh, teach our kids how to, how to live the, a life of self-responsibility, self-assertion, all those basic things of the American idea. 30 seconds, final thoughts you'd like to leave, uh, Luke. Really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you having me on, and I hope I wasn't too terribly long-winded, and I hope at the very least I can help put some stuff into perspective. It is important that we understand this perspective and have this conversation between generations, that we're not in these silos of each of these generations. So thank you, and and uh, we're planning on having you on every month. So <laughs> it's just it's really great. Uh, I did pull a Thomas Sowell quote because I thought yeah. this would be good food for thought for you. Yes. It says, since this is a era where when many people are concerned about fairness and social justice, what is your fair share of what someone else has worked for? And that can go to PBIs because they're not doing any work, but they're trying to take the share of others. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.